Greetings Earthlings, today I'm back with a review of a USB version of the SM7B. Kind of. That microphone being the Shure MV7, which is an XLR and a USB microphone. If you are interested in this mic, it will cost you around $250. Like always, I'll throw some links down below. Also, in the sake of full disclosure, I do need to let you know that Shure sent me this microphone free of charge for the sake of completing this review. But with that being said, for the majority of this review, I have the microphone connected directly to my Mac. The input gain in the Motive app is 24 dB. I do not have any EQ, any compression, any limiting on. I will not do any post-processing, but I may boost it a touch in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. And now let's talk about what comes in the box. Of course, you are going to get the microphone. The microphone mount is already installed, and you will get a 5 8 to 3 8 inch microphone stand adapter. You'll get a 3 meter micro USB to USB-A cable, a 3 meter micro USB to USB-C cable, and some quick start documentation and warranty information. Then as far as the build quality, just like pretty much every Shure microphone I've ever used, it's built like an absolute tank. It does have an all-metal body. Underneath the foam, there is a metal grill that is incredibly sturdy as well. On the side, you have these metal screws to loosen and tighten down the mounting system and the angle the microphone is sitting in the mount. The mount is made out of metal as well. On the side, you will find a quick access microphone mute button. You'll also find a button to select what you're actually adjusting, whether it's microphone gain or headphone volume. Then in between those two buttons, you'll have a capacitive slider to adjust the microphone gain or the headphone volume. Then on the rear of the microphone, you will find the micro USB port to connect this to your computer or your phone. Then you have the awesome part, which is an XLR port. You can run this in USB and output an XLR signal as well without any of the DSP processing. And you'll find a 3.5mm headphone jack, which does allow for zero latency monitoring, as well as computer audio playback. And then as far as specs, the microphone has a cardioid polar pattern, a frequency response of 50Hz to 16kHz, a sensitivity of who knows what, a max SPL of 132dB, a bit depth of 24-bit, a sample rate of 48kHz, and as far as the headphone amp in the MV7, it is capable of driving the Sennheiser HD 650s, but the headphone volume is cranked all the way to 100%. Now I am spinning around the MV7 to 90 degrees so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. We'll continue around the microphone to 180 degrees. Here's what it sounds like from the rear. Continuing around the microphone to the second 90 degree angle and then we will rotate and end at the front of the microphone. Now let's see how well the microphone does at rejecting plosives. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Please bring pizza pronto. Now I am right on top of the microphone to demonstrate the proximity effect on this thing. About three inches away with the microphone pointed at the corner of my mouth and here is how it sounds. About one foot away from the microphone two feet away from the microphone, and about four feet away from the microphone. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Gatoron blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. 
And for you elite gamers, now I am typing on the sad W keys. Here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room. And here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room. Now to see how well the provided mounting system works, I am going to go ahead and bump my desk to see how much of that noise it rejects. And I'll tap the boom arm. And to be as thorough as possible, now I will go ahead and tap the body of the microphone to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. Now let's see if the microphone mute button causes any kind of noise when it is pressed. Now I am pressing. again and now I am unmuted. I don't think there was any noticeable click. Let's try it again and unmute it now and there we go. Now let's go ahead and see how the provided foam windscreen affects the tone of the microphone. Right now I'm about three inches off of the microphone with the provided foam installed and here is how my voice sounds. And now I'm in the exact same position with the exact same gain setting. The only difference is I've removed the foam windscreen and here is how the audio sounds. And now I'm going to throw the MV7 in my box of doom so we can measure the noise floor of this mic's internal USB preamp. Now let's go ahead and walk through the EQ settings available for this microphone. Up until now, the EQ has been set to neutral. There is no high pass, there is no presence boost, and here is how it has been sounding. Now I have engaged the high pass filter in the Sure Plus Motive software. Here is how it sounds. It should have reduced quite a bit of those lower frequencies. Next, I just have the presence boost engaged now, so you should hear a little bit more of that low end come back, and then you should hear a little bit more of the high mids and maybe a little bit more clarity and articulation. The You should be able to hear a little bit more of that. And now I have engaged the high pass and the presence boost, and you should hear significantly less low end and a lot more in the top end. There you go, those are the EQ settings. My personal favorite, surprise, surprise, is the neutral mode. So let's go ahead and go back to the neutral mode. Now I want to see how effective the limiter is. 
This is a digital limiter, so it's not going to perform the same as an analog limiter, which would limit your audio prior to the audio being converted to digital. So let's go ahead and with my gain set at 24 dB, I will yell into the microphone! You should hear a little bit of clipping there. Now let me go ahead and engage the limiter. I will go ahead and yell into the microphone! You still hear a little bit of distortion, a little bit of clipping. It's not the most effective limiter out there because it is a post-conversion limiter. I would have loved to have seen an analog limiter, but it should help a little bit. If you have any concerns about that, it's not magic though. And the last thing that I want to demonstrate in this software is the compressor. Currently, I do not have a compressor engaged. I will go ahead and switch the compressor to light mode, and here is how it sounds. You can hear the audio get a little bit louder. We'll go ahead and switch up to medium. Now we should be getting a healthy amount of compression in the audio. You can hear my voice start to sound much more podcasty or radio broadcasty, and we'll end with switching to heavy. This would be super duper radio broadcasty. Hey, my name is Bantrew, and I run a radio show. Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Do I sound like a radio host? There you go. I'm sorry. That's the compressor. Compression. Now I want to demonstrate one of the coolest features about this microphone and a reason why I loved the Samson Q2U and the Audio-Technica ATR2100 and 2005 USB so much. It's because they have a USB and an XLR output. That means you're able to output USB to your computer or your phone, whatever piece of computing software that you need, and you can run out of the XLR to some kind of portable recorder for a backup. So currently I have the USB recording to my computer, and I also have the XLR running through the Focusrite 18i20 into my computer. Bad form, if my computer crashed, it would die. If I was smart, I would be running the XLR to an external portable recorder. But now that I've demonstrated that function, let's go ahead and use it to get a little bit nerdy and see if there is a difference in tonality between the USB output and the XLR output. We'll start on the USB output. I am running directly into my Mac, gain at 30 dB, no processing is on, no DSP is engaged, EQ is flat, limiter and compressor are off, and here is how it sounds. Now we are on the XLR output, and we are running that through the Focusrite 18i20 second gen, gain at around 4 o'clock or 9 on the Focusrite, and here is how this sounds. And to allow you another opportunity to hear it, we are back on the USB output from the microphone, and here is how it sounds. Let's jump to the XLR. Now we are on the XLR output. Here is how this sounds. Is there any difference in the tone? You'll have to tell me or I will have to tell you after I listen to it because right now I can't monitor both of them at the same time. There you go. Now I want to do a comparison between the MV7 and a bunch of other dynamic microphones so we can see how it stacks up against its competition. Of course, we'll start on the Shure MV7. I am six inches off of the microphone. My gain is set at 30 decibels. I do not have any EQ or dynamics engaged and here is how it sounds. Let's jump to the first mic and compare it to that. First up, I'm speaking into the Samson Q2U in the USB mode. My gain on my Mac is set at 75%. I am six inches off, 
And here's how the audio compares for a $60 to $75 XLR USB dynamic mic against the Shure MV7. We are back on the Shure MV7 in the USB mode. None of the settings have changed. Still six inches off. And here is how I sound compared to this next mic. Now I am on the Audio-Technica AT2005 USB, which is another XLR USB dynamic microphone. This goes for anywhere between $80 and $100. I am 6 inches off. My gain is set at around 85 to 90%. And here is how the audio from this microphone compares to the Shure MV7. Okay, we are back on the Shure MV7. Here is how the audio sounds. Let's jump to another microphone and compare it to that, even though it may be an XLR mic. Of course, we do have to compare the Shure MV7 against the classic Shure SM58. This is a $100 XLR dynamic microphone, one of the most famous microphones of all time. If you have ever been to a show, you've seen this one, but I am running this over an XLR to XLR cable into the Focusrite 18 2nd Gen. My gain is cranked to 100%, 6 inches off, and here is how this microphone compares against the Shure MV7. Again, we are back on the Shure MV7. Here is how this microphone sounds, same distance, same gain setting. Let's jump to another one and compare it to that. To switch things up a bit, now I am on the SE Electronics SEV7. This is a $100 XLR handheld dynamic microphone. I am 6 inches off. The gain on the 18i20 is still at 100%. And here is how the audio compares to the Shure MV7. Make sure to check the lower third to see how much I boosted each of these microphones in post to get some idea of where we're standing. We are back on the MV7 again. Here is how the audio sounds. 6 inches, gain at 30 dB. Let's jump to another mic and compare it to that. Now I am on the Rode Pod mic. I am 6 inches off of it. My gain is still at 100%. And this is another $100 XLR dynamic microphone. This is just more of a similar form factor to the Shure MV7. And here is how it sounds compared to that. $100 versus $250. Because we can, we are back on the Shure MV7. Nothing else has changed. Let us jump to another microphone and let you hear how a $250 USB XLR dynamic compares to a XLR dynamic of some price point. Now I am speaking into the Rode Procaster, which is a $230 XLR dynamic microphone. No processing, no nothing. I am just running direct into the Focusrite 18i20 second gen. Gain at 100%, 6 inches off. Here is how the Rode Procaster, a $230 microphone, compares to a $250 XLR and USB microphone with DSP processing. Hey, we're back on the Shure MV7 again. Here is how the audio sounds. Let's jump to another microphone so you can hear how it compares to that. And I hope you placed a bet that I would be comparing the MV7 to the SM7B because that is exactly what we are doing right now. I am now on the SM7B, a $400 XLR dynamic broadcast microphone, one of the most famous microphones of all time, one of the most popular microphones right now. And I am connecting this direct to the 18i20, gain at 100%. 
No post-processing, but here is how it sounds compared to the $250 XLR and USB version of this microphone or USB XLR inspired version of this microphone. Let me know what you thought of all of these microphones, of all of them, which was your favorite. Let me know in the comments down below. There you go. Now let's do a very brief walkthrough of the Shure Plus Motive software. We'll start out on the manual tab because I think that's the most interesting and where the majority of people should be setting their microphones up. The first thing you'll find is a preset dropdown where you can save a setting that you have or you can load one that you've previously set up. Then you'll find a microphone mute switch to mute the microphone. You'll find the microphone gain slider, which allows you to control and adjust the microphone's gain. You'll find a monitor mix to mix between how much zero latency monitoring and how much computer playback you hear. Then you'll find the EQ, which mimics the EQ or filter settings of the classic SM7B. You'll then find a limiter switch, which unfortunately is a post-conversion digital limiter. It is not the same thing as an analog limiter, but it will help you with avoiding clipping and distorting a bit. And lastly, you'll find a compressor slider to adjust how much compression you're adding to the recording. And now let's go ahead and switch over to the auto level tab and see what that offers us. On the auto level tab, you do not have any fader or slider to adjust the microphone's volume. It just automatically sets the level for you. Hence, auto level. You will find the microphone mute button. You will also find that same monitor mix slider to adjust the mix between zero latency and computer playback. Then you'll find a microphone position. If you are close micing yourself, you'll have it set to near. If you have the microphone farther away like I am now, you'll go ahead and switch to far. As you speak, it will adjust the level and that's pretty much all you do in terms of setting your level in the auto level tab. And lastly, we have these three tone options at the bottom of the auto level tab. We have natural, dark, and bright. Currently, we are on natural, so hopefully this does end up sounding the most natural. Let's go ahead and switch to dark. Here we are on dark, and I personally do not like how that sounds. I think it sounds a little bit too uh, nasally, at least in my headphones. I don't know if the recording is going to sound different than the zero latency monitoring. We'll go ahead and switch back to natural. This is natural. And then we will go ahead and jump over to bright. This gives you the most compressor-like sound, I guess. Very bright, very... I, I don't know if I would call it articulate, but you can hear a lot of top end. They boost the top end with the bright tone engaged. And that's a rundown of the Sure Plus Motive software. And just in case anybody is interested, because I get asked about this a lot with the Blue Yeti X, I will go ahead and throw up on the screen right now, not throw up, but I will put up on the screen right here my favorite settings for this microphone over USB mode, and hopefully that'll be a good jumping off point for you to learn your tastes and how to tailor it for your voice and your use case. Okay, now to measure the latency of this microphone with a sample rate set at 48 kilohertz and an I.O. buffer size of 64 samples, we have a 4.5 millisecond output latency or a 9 millisecond round trip latency. 
When we jump up to 128 samples, we have a 6 millisecond output latency or 11.5 millisecond round trip latency. And when we jump up to 256 samples, we have an 8.5 millisecond output latency and a 16.9 millisecond or 17 millisecond round trip latency. SOS, I think I'm lost Navigation's down, I can't find my way home Send some help, I'm going down Send anyone, cause I don't wanna die alone Um, <laughs> I promise I am not super duper depressed at all I'm not lonely and isolated feeling at all. No, this lockdown isn't affecting me in the slightest. We're good. Promise. Yeah. Alrighty. We have been through a journey together. This has been a long video, and this is going to be extremely difficult to summarize. But like always, we'll start with the pros, and the first thing is the microphone did a fairly good job at background noise rejection. I also love that you can run USB and XLR simultaneously. Like all USB microphones should, this one offers a way to mix between zero latency monitoring and computer playback. It also has an easily accessible microphone mute button. It has some DSP processing, albeit rather limited, but it does let you get a little bit of compression, a little bit of limiting, and a little bit of EQ, and it records in 24-bit, 48 kilohertz. Then as far as cons, the microphone didn't seem to do a very good job with plosive rejection, so you will have to have pretty good microphone technique. Then to quote Mike Delgadio, by the way, Mike, where are you? Where in the world is Mike Delgadio? The microphone is somewhat microphonic, meaning picks up bumps of the boom arm, bumps of the desk, not something you typically want to hear. Also, I'm not too keen on the fact that they used micro USB as the output. I would have liked to have seen USB-C because that's going to be more universal in the coming years. Also, a little bit of a shocker to me was that the XLR output, at least to my ears, sounded a little bit worse than the USB output. It's typically the reverse, but on this microphone, I like the USB output a little bit better. And lastly, to get a little bit pedantic, I don't think the digital limiter really did a good job. I would have loved to have seen an analog limiter in this thing. At 250 bucks, I know that's asking a lot, but I don't think that the digital limiter really did much at reducing any kind of clipping. But now, what are my overall thoughts and opinions of the microphone? 
On the electric guitar, I actually kind of liked it. The low end was extremely controlled. The mids sounded a little bit forward, but very smooth. And don't tell anyone, but I kind of liked it. The top end sounded tame and soft and pleasing, but it did seem to lose a touch of the articulation. But a benefit to that is when I got to the upper register of the guitar, it did not become overly piercing and painful. Then on the acoustic guitar, it's not my favorite, but I would be okay using it. The top end does start to sound a touch closed off, but you're still getting plenty of detail and articulation and information from the guitar strings. And the other really noticeable thing on the acoustic guitar was the low mids, the mid-bottom. It's got this power mid-bottom to it. Sorry about that. But I do think you would need to throw some EQ on there and carve a little bit out to clean up the low end because it does get a little bit overpowering. Then for singing, I did rather enjoy it. I thought it offered a pretty detailed sound. You captured all the pronunciation of my voice. It stuck out over the electric guitar and just seemed to work pretty well. Although the S's did start to get a little bit sharp and sounded a little bit artificial. And lastly, for spoken word, I loved it. In USB mode, in one setting, compared to the other USB dynamic microphones. I think this offers a much more natural sound compared to the other USB dynamic microphones that it's competing against. It has a much less sharp top end and also a much more natural top end. The Q2U can be rather sibilant and piercing on the wrong voice, and you do got to throw some processing on it. With the AT2005 USB and the ATR2100 USB, you get this artificial, overboosted sounding top end. This resolves all of them. So for spoken word, if you're running the microphone in USB mode, if you're on the manual tab, if you have the EQ set to neutral, I absolutely loved it. And to wrap up, would I recommend the Shure MV7? Yes and no. Let's start with no. If you're looking at this microphone and considering buying it just for the XLR functionality, stop it right now. I think you can spend $250 significantly better on many other microphones that would fulfill your needs much, much better. Also, if you're looking at this microphone exclusively for music use, I don't think it's really cut out for that. If you podcast and that's why you're buying it and you just so happen to need a USB microphone to record some music, okay. But if you're buying this exclusively for music, I don't think it's cut out for that. But now what about the flip side of the coin? Who would I recommend this microphone for? If you're somebody who is looking for a USB dynamic microphone that does a good job at background noise rejection and offers some basic DSP processing like compression, basic EQ and filters, and some limiting, absolutely I would recommend it because as I already mentioned, I think it sounds significantly better than the other USB dynamic microphones that are currently on the market. However, I cannot tell you if that is worth the additional $150 that it costs over the competition. I think it's compelling and I like the fact that they are going to be able to roll out updates to the software and hopefully make the other settings in the software sound a bit better. I'm not telling you to buy it based on that expectation though. You should be buying this microphone today based on the features that are available today. 
And if you fit into that bucket and you think $250 is a fair price for this thing, then absolutely I recommend it. I think that is finally going to wrap up for today. That was a long video with a lot of stuff to edit. That was not a fun edit. Not fun at all. But I want to hear from you in the comments down below. Which of the microphones did you like the best? Did you like the MV7 more than all the other USB dynamics? Did you like the MV7 more than the 58, the 7B Procaster Pod? What, what was your favorite? Let me know in the comments down below. But with that being said, if you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, Go ahead and give me a thumbs up. If you hated it, give me a big old thumbs down. Want more videos? You can subscribe. Click that logo down beneath me. And don't forget to hit that bell icon. If you want to hang out in the Discord server, go check out podcastage.com Discord. And if you want to support the channel and become one of these amazing people over here, you can do so by clicking that join button and joining at the $5 tier or higher. It really does help me continue to bring you these videos. Until next time, thank you so much for watching, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a safe and amazing Halloween. Let me know in the comments down below what you're going for Halloween as, because I'm a big horror buff, I love Halloween, so cool. Let me know, stay safe, I love you. bye.